She's at the show in Oklahoma. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. She says I have horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high-quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you, Larson Hay, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio here at the CEP Studios. That is the Chamber and Economic Partnership Studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital of the world. We've got a great lineup of guests for you today. Uh, We're going to have Dr. Angie Yates here in the studio from Peterson and Smith. We're going to chat a little bit about chiropractic and acupuncture care for equines. Then we're going to be joined by uh, a couple of special guests here in the studio. We're going to have Jessica Howington here with us. We're going to talk a little bit about her very successful career and her move to Ocala. And we've also got Doug Walsh here. We're going to talk a little horsemanship as well. So a great show lined up for you with some wonderful guests today. Going to start off with a little bit of horse news uh, from around the world. Uh, Bob Baffert has found himself a uh, sympathetic judge, and uh, I was sharing a photo there with you if you're joining us on Facebook or Equus Television of uh, Gigi, our show director there, with Bob Baffert and his wife. Actually, I think that was the day after the Kentucky Derby. The day after the Kentucky Derby, when uh, he was surprised to be victorious uh, with our. Florida bred Medina Spirit, our friend uh, Gail Rice, of course, bred Medina Spirit. And that has uh, certainly been an interesting case over the past couple of months uh, that we've been hearing. But the NYRA did suspend Bob Baffert um, from racing. And a judge has has been hearing that case and has said it is unconstitutional uh, to suspend him from racing at this point. So we'll be watching that, uh, that, that court case quite quite carefully and bringing you news um, from that. Harry Delia, uh, actually the Dutch immigrant who became famous with his very snow white show jumping horse snowman has sadly died at age 93. Of course, lots of um, incredible uh, documentaries and write-ups and uh, movies and all kinds of things uh, about that very famous and well-known horse. So uh, very sad to hear that and um, prayers to all connected Uh, as he uh, really made that horse famous and, of course, himself as well. Um, An interesting study, which actually might be a topic for Dr. Adam Kayot in the future, about equine obesity, Uh, so much so that in my home country, in Great Britain, they're actually rewarding competitors now 
for working towards a, a good body scale for their horses. Um, for horses that perhaps have a cresty neck or are starting to show some metabolic symptoms early on, like easy keepers, as Dr. Kayok actually referred to uh, before, as something to start being really watchful and mindful of. If you have a horse that's an easy keeper or starts to have a bit of a cresty neck, um, it's certainly something for you to start thinking about that very early on, actually as early as perhaps even five, you might have a horse that's starting to be a little bit metabolic. Some of those signs can be outwardly appearance in their, in their weight. So in England, they're going to start um, actually rewarding competitors who keep their horse's weight down. Now, none of us like to see a skinny horse in field. And most of us that are horse owners and horse lovers, if we see a really skinny horse in the field, we tend to stop and look and see if the others are also skinny and if the rest are all healthy and the other one looks a little older, we're a little less concerned, but we do, we do worry about um, horses that look thin. But actually, it can in many cases be very dangerous to have a horse that's overweight, especially um, if a horse is predisposed to perhaps a metabolic condition or laminitis and, and ponies we certainly see a lot of those kind of concerns. So this is a very interesting program that veterinarians and competitors in Great Britain are very excited about and actually looking forward um, to seeing if this helps to, uh, to actually encourage people to watch their horse's weight. Um, it's in, in Great Britain actually um, counts as one of the most uh, health concerns that they have in the equine world related to obesity. So it's interesting that in America, most of our health problems for two-leggeds are also associated with that. So it's an interesting connection there to, uh, to see that in the horse world as such a big concern as well. So perhaps that's something we will talk to Dr. Adam Kayot with uh, about in the future. So this is a, started actually as a pilot program right before um, the beginning of COVID. And it was so successful as a pilot program that they actually decided to go ahead and continue on with this, um, study it some more and start rewarding uh, athletes for this. We're looking forward, of course, to the opening ceremonies in Tokyo coming up July 23rd. 50 countries are actually going to be represented um, over that two weeks of competition. So we're very excited to bring you news from there. Um, there is actually a correspondent over there for Equus Television who's going to be bringing a lot of the Olympic news. Uh, so we'll be able to get uh, lots of updates. Hopefully we'll be able to get her on uh, vMix Caller and get her actually up on the screen here and uh, able to chat to us about what's happening there. Also, our co-host is currently at uh, the Arabian show and is traveling to um, Oklahoma and will be there through August the 3rd. So we're going to try to also vMix Caller her in from there hopefully with some great interviews with some of the people competing. Um, I believe Chestnut Hill Arabians took 12 or 13 horses uh, up there. And I know Elizabeth Pizzoni is up there also for um, Ocala Equestrian Academy competing. So we should hopefully have lots of that to share with you. We're going to try and get you some footage from the show uh, and share all of those updates. So lots of interesting things uh, coming up over the, over the course of the next month or so that will be happening in the horse world. Not to mention, of course, that uh, the Saturday night Grand Prix are happening at World Equestrian Center. We'll hopefully be bringing you some interviews and footage from some of those coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. So uh, lots going on in the horse world, as always, lots to follow. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about something that I see mixed reviews 
uh, on social media, and that is horse whiskers. So um, Piranha, of course, one of our presenting sponsors of our show, um, put up a, uh, a wonderful little uh, template and clipping muzzles, question mark. What do you think? You can comment below if you're watching us on Facebook. We'd love to hear. Personally, I love whiskers. Uh, I think they're wonderful uh, characteristics of horses, but they're very important to horses as well. They're used for a number of things, and um, I hate seeing them, them cut off, especially in uh, competing in shows, and love to see horses with their, with their whiskers. But please tell us how you feel. Uh, we'd love to, uh, to have your opinion, and obviously Piranha wanted to know too, so share that with us. The fly stops here, of course. Uh, Piranha uh, fly spray systems in your barns at this time of year are an absolute no-brainer. And of course, we all need fly spray at this time of year. I don't know about you, but I'm spraying mine all the time, trying to keep the flies off this weather. So uh, we love our Piranha products. We're actually going to share some Piranha products to try for our guests this evening that are going to be on the show. And i um, very excited to talk a little bit uh, about chiropractic and acupuncture, something I've actually experience with horses very successful years and years now back before I moved to the horse capital I lived down south and there weren't a whole lot of options um, veterinarians there was Dr Van Roekel down there um, they did a lot of equine but I actually had to travel to Dade City uh, with one of my mum's horses um, to actually get acupuncture for heaves and it was very successful and the horse was much older and he actually stopped heaving altogether so, uh, yes, it is a very successful treatment. I'm very excited to talk to Dr. Angie Yates coming up after this break. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. We'll be right back.
This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. On the second segment of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, I'm Louisa Barton in the studios at the CEP in downtown Ocala in the horse capital of the world. I have got Dr. Angie Yates here with me from Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and we're going to talk a little bit about a topic that um, I am very, very interested in, and um, something I was absolutely thrilled when I met her to find out. Um, that Peterson and Smith were now offering. So um, working, uh, working with Dr. Angie Yates, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about this. It's a topic I'm really interested in. First of all, tell us a little background about you, Dr. Yates. So this is actually my second time in Ocala because I was a hospital intern at Peterson and Smith from 2008 to 2009. So following that internship, I moved back to where I'm from originally in Indiana, started my own practice, and so had my own practice for 12 years. And then uh, immediately after leaving Ocala the first time was certified in acupuncture that first year, chiropractic the second year, uh, and then did also the rehabilitation certification from the University of Tennessee following that. So certified in all three um, and had primarily a sports medicine practice in Indiana. And so I came down to show at the World Equestrian Center in January, went into the clinic, the rest <laughs> is history. So I started full time again March the 15th. Wow. Well, welcome yes. back. Thank you. Uh, I was delighted to meet you. I can't remember what event I met you at, but I was introduced to you and I was absolutely delighted uh, just to, to know that those services were going to be something that was going to really be able to be promoted. Because as I mentioned in the prior segment, I've actually had experience with that. I had an older horse that belonged to my mom um, and actually brought him up to a vet in Dade City years and years and years back, probably, gosh, 20 years ago. Mm. Um, and the results with his heaves were incredible. Um, and, and I think he went for about maybe four or five months, he went a couple times a month, and it was so effective. And he actually, he didn't heave for the rest of his life and lived to be 32, I think. So um, I've actually seen the results of that. But let's switch up and just go over to the, the chiropractic part and let's talk a little bit about, um, I, I've actually also had chiropractic work done on my horses and that's also very effective. Um, talk a little bit about some of the benefits and maybe first start with kind of how you examine a horse to decide what are the first steps that you need to take. Sure. So actually one of the first steps in examining a horse in their chiropractic exam is actually their acupuncture exam. Hmm. So it's, there is a way using the acupuncture points, especially along the top line of the horse, to look for muscle soreness. Uh, there are certain acupuncture points that correspond to different parts of the body. For instance, there is a group of points that corresponds to the stifle, a group of points that corresponds to the hock, uh, to the front feet. So once you know those groupings of points, if a horse is particularly sensitive at any of those points or groups of points, you can start thinking, okay, maybe I need to look at this area of the body a little closer. And so I'm looking for sore muscles, I'm looking for any type of the par uh, part of the spine that's restricted, because the main goal for chiropractic is movement. 
So if I'm finding a place on the horse that's stuck and not moving well, then that's what I'm looking to fix. And so I always start with my acupuncture diagnostic exam and at the same time motioning the spine, feeling if there are any restrictions. And then I try to correspond and, and correlate that with in my normal lameness exam. And so those things are done standing, then I will watch the horse move, make sure there's no true lameness that we're, we're seeing. Because if a horse is truly head bombing lame, those two modalities won't fix that. They will get rid of the muscle soreness and the restrictions once you fix the primary lameness, but there's no way to truly fix, say, uh, cough and joint arthritis with acupuncture and chiropractic. You can help reduce the pain and you can help treat the muscles once you fix the coffin joint, but it's important whenever we're using those modalities to make sure that we're truly fixing the root of the problem. So that's how I start going about, about it. And one of the things that drew me to those modalities was when I was back in vet school, the, they really weren't mainstream yet. And so- That's right. It, yeah. I mean, it, it, mm -hmm. it really hasn't been that long. And so when, when we were in school, if it was above the elbows or above the stifle, they just said, well, just give it some butte and lock it in a stall. And, and I never, as a rider myself, I never felt like that was legitimate or helpful. And so going through those two certifications really changes the way that you look at a lame horse because there is so much lameness that we see with the axial skeleton, the neck, the back, the pelvis, that if we treat that, a lot of times my horses that are in my program consistently, they don't need to be injected nearly as much as, as maybe some other horses. And, and within Not my so, practice, so. yes, and within mm -hmm. my practice, I certainly do injections. However, it's, it's more a part of it rather than the, the whole practice. Wow, that's so. amazing. So, so what you do with chiropractic adjustment is complementary to whatever your base treatment is for whatever the problem is. Once yes. you've done the exam and you've established what's causing the lameness, mm -hmm. then you're going to treat the root of the problem. And then on top of that, you've got complementary type right. of services that actually help with the pain. Right. And a lot of times with a complicated lameness or especially a hind end lameness, I will try to adjust that horse first because there are some times where a horse might have a multiple limb lameness or it's very ambiguous. You can't really tell which leg it is. I and, hate those. Yes. So <laughs> sometimes when you adjust the horse, everything is very straight. So it gets lined back it, up. Everything's lined back up. Then all of a sudden you watch the horse go and it is obviously left front or obviously right hind. Because what, I never heard that before, but what, that makes so well, much sense. And what can happen is the horses are great about compensating for pain somewhere. So if they're not straight, sometimes it's because they're compensating from, you know, a, a multiple limb lameness, but it makes it very hard to detect the, the root of the problem with the naked eye. And so if you get everything straight and lined up, a lot of times then that lameness becomes more apparent and then we can hunt it down and figure out exactly what's causing the problem. I had never thought about that, but that makes so much sense mm. because you're right, they do compensate. They shift things to make up for where they're hurting right. to take off pressure maybe and pain. And then it would be very hard to tell. Sometimes yes. they're over. I've had that so many times. I've looked at my horse and gone, 
well, it's the left. No, it's the right. <laughs> and I'm trying, I'm looking, I'm going, okay, time to call the vet. <laughs> well, and, and sometimes they do that. Sometimes it, it is one side versus the other side. And, and those types of things, those asymmetries, a lot of times those can be fixed with chiropractic. We just have to be careful that I have been called a lot for, you know, hey, can you come adjust my horse? And then if I watch the horse on the lunge line, say it's a new client, new patient to me, and I see a head bomb, I say, no, we need, we really need to do a lameness exam first. Yes. We, we should start with that first. For sure. Gigi just gave me the one minute sign. So the good news is we're coming right back uh, with Dr. Angie Yates here in the next segment, going to talk a little bit more about chiropractic and then some questions I have uh, about acupuncture as well. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. We'll be right back. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and Larson Hay, our broadcast and television sponsor, plus supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors, and the Hilton Garden Inn, downtown Louisville. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. talk show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you very much to Larson Hay, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Louisa Barton here in the studio, the CEP, downtown Ocala in the horse capital of the world. Thank you to the Chamber and Economic Partnership. We love a partnership with them here, having the studios bringing you all the local news and far beyond from the horse world. Uh, here with Dr. Angie Yates, we've been chatting uh, a little bit about uh, chiropractic and acupuncture. I'm a big fan of both. Uh, I've had great experience and results with both uh, with veterinarians that have treated my horses. Uh, Dr. Yates, you said something in the last segment that interested me, and I want to just touch on that. You said you're a rider. Yes. So not all veterinarians are also riders. Not, not everybody. No. Uh, what, what discipline do you ride in? I've actually done quite a few. So I started out in quarter horses because that's what my parents do. So my parents have bred and shown quarter horses since before I was born. So I, I spent uh, up until uh, college in the Western disciplines and then switched to the English disciplines about 18. So I started in the hunters and equitation, then went to a venting and then uh, started doing just the jumpers. So have done some dressage in there as well. Wow. So, so I a bit of everything. A bit of everything, but I have jumpers now. <laughs> really? Yes. So yes. you've competed at World Equestrian Center? Yes. yes. Oh, wonderful. Yes. So actually that gives you a little bit uh, of an edge on other people because obviously you have a really good knowledge of like tack fitting and yes. how, how saddles can actually be the cause of some 
chiropractic issues. And that was actually a huge portion of the chiropractic course was saddle fitting. So, so important. It, it really we is. We had no be... idea back in the day. You know, we were like, here's our saddle. It's going on this fat pony. Now it's going on this thoroughbred. Now it's going on. We yes. didn't know. Yes. You know, but it's so important. It's the whole no better to do better. Yes. But yes, it was, we spent probably at least a month in the chiropractic course going over saddle fit. So right. I really, and, and I incorporate that a lot in my chiropractic exam. There are parts of the horse, especially the withers and just behind the withers, if I'm seeing that uh, be sore consistently. Now, not necessarily the first time, but consistently sore, then I really start looking at tack. And so I, I can fit English saddles, Western saddles. Um, I've been known to ride horses during lameness exams if, if I can't see it. Wow. Um, so I try to have a helmet in my truck. <laughs> but <laughs> That's it, wonderful. It, yeah. It's, Do it's you a, feel some things on, so you feel things on the horse that you actually recognize as a problem? Yes. Yes. And especially the asymmetry. So a horse that, that canters very well one way but doesn't the, the other way, those horses tend to be chiropractic cases. I feel that chiropractic tends to improve the canter much more than the trot. And so if a horse isn't right at the trot, typically, again, a generalization, but I tend to go for more of a, a traditional lameness exam on that horse versus the canter, you know, when, when we do lameness exams, we're doing them at the trot. That's a symmetric two-beat gait it both sides should be the same both diagonals should be the same it, but the canter we don't typically base our observations in a lameness on the canter we'll, we will watch a horse walk trot canter on the lunge line but we we don't base the lameness exam on that if that makes sense so if i see a horse on the lunge and the canter is what i don't like about the way the horse goes that tends to be very likely a chiropractic case Really? Mm -hmm. Gosh, how interesting. I've learned a lot already. <laughs> I see Gigi has too. She's going, yes. <laughs> so talk a little bit about how the acupuncture plays into this and at kind of at what point that's either recommended or decided is it might be the best course of treatment. Sure. For musculoskeletal problems, I like acupuncture more at a horse show. So it doesn't have a long duration of action. So when we're dealing with FEI horses, horses that we can't give drugs to, horses that need to compete very quickly within the time frame, the treatment time, I like acupuncture for those horses. Um, it, but like I said, it doesn't have a long duration of action. So if you're doing it at home to really get the maximum benefit on an acute problem, you might have to do it three times a week, every other day. Say you're treating a facial nerve paralysis or a radial nerve paralysis, something like that, that you know, there was an injury in the pasture that you're treating. I, a lot of people don't realize that it has to be done so often. And so it, it becomes hard with scheduling and, and finances and things like that to right. really see it through the way it needs to be seen through. And so that's something I try to educate clients on that sometimes it gets a bad rap for not working or not being effective, but it's not truly being done as often as what it needs to be. If you have a chronic condition, you know, maybe you can get down to once every two weeks or once a month, things like that. But for in my sports medicine practice, I like to use acupuncture at a horse show and or, you know, say we've got an FEI horse competing in several days to a week, which is which is relevant to our world right now because we're getting ready for the Olympics. Right. And so that's going to be a modality that's definitely used a lot at the Olympic Games because it's so good for controlling pain and sore muscles. Um, 
but, competing at that level, those are certainly concerns. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so just on, on one of our horses at home uh, that, you know, treating routinely, uh, if I have a horse that is very muscle sore still after the adjustment, then I will go ahead and put needles in that horse. Um, the other thing about horses versus small animals are that some horses don't appreciate the needles. So, you know, we've all seen the horse, the picture of the horse that is, is asleep, has the needles in, just loves it. Well, there are some horses that are the opposite. <laughs> so, for instance, someone the other day, they asked me if I would do electroacupuncture on their horse. And, and I said, yes, that's fine. But I do like to do just the plain dry needles the first time I put needles in a horse. And this horse was very good. And so then the next time I went out, you know, I hooked the electrodes up and ran the current through the muscles. Very similar to most people now have used a TENS unit. Right. And, and so that's going to be very but similar. But better to, to do needles first to see if the reaction is the needles or something else. Yes, I mean, some horses just really don't appreciate it. And yeah. so and so sometimes, you know, if we really need to get those horses needled, we can do sedation. Um, you can use a laser on the acupuncture points. Sometimes I will do acupressure instead of the needles to stimulate the point without actually putting a needle in. Wow. So. Yeah, so n next time you're in here, we'll have to talk more about the, about the, the, the acupuncture with the electric, Electrodes. Yeah, electrodes. Mm -hmm. So that would be even more of it's an advanced more, treatment. Yes, it's more stimulating even than just the dry needles. Oh, wow. So, okay, I've never actually heard of that or seen it or anything, so I'd be very interested in learning a bit more about that. But okay. usually you always try the acupuncture, just regular first, yeah. to get and, them and, kind and of everyone's, used to it. Yes, and everyone's different. And But I just, it's less traumatic for the owners and the horses if we just say, let's see how you're going to tolerate this. That makes sense. Yes. Yes. So apparently there are horses that are needle phobic, just like there are people, <laughs> just like me. Dr. Yates, we're believing not at the end of that second segment. Yeah. Wow, that flew by. I hope she'll come back and be with us again. That was certainly very informative. Thank you so much. Thank you for having we me. We love having you here and having these additional options are fantastic. So Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, 352-237-6151. You can like them on their social media sites and find them on the internet. I'm Louisa Barton. We'll be back with the second half of the Horse Talk show coming up. Stay with us. Equestrians, it's time to take care of yourself as well as you do your horse. So get down to Pulse Center of Ocala. The PEMF wave is safe and it's a therapy that charges your cells and allows them to function at their fullest capacity so you heal much faster. Check them out at pulsecenterfl.com now and tell them you heard about it on the Horse Talk Show for a free demo. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you. 
World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magnawave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and services hassle-free and easier than ever, with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second to none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab. You're switched on. You're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Welcome back to the second half of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Hay, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio here at the CEP Studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital of the world. Got a couple of special guests here in the studio. Actually started out uh, with Jessica Harrington coming in and then she said, well, Doug Walsh is my fiance. Yes. Yeah. And um, he is a, a horsemanship guy. He's got dark horse horsemanship and uh, is very well known internationally. And I said, well, let's have him on too. So we're actually trying three guests in the new studio Sorry. here for the first time. So a minute ago, I thought Doug was after going to sit in my lap to even be on the camera. But yes, <laughs> move over, move over. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm thrilled to have you guys here. It's lovely to meet you. Thank both. you for having us. Thank, thank yeah. you for coming in. Um, they're actually going to be with us for the rest of the show, which is great. Um, so I'm going to start with Jessica, ladies first. Ladies first. Um, ladies first. Jessica, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started in horse riding and, and what age you were and what sport you got involved in. Sure. Well, I, I guess I got started really little. My parents always had horses, so my mom would put me in front of her saddle when I was a little tiny baby. Um, and it just Been went there. from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it, it went from there. Then I, saw, I started riding. I had an old mare who I just would ride bareback. And we were at a boarding facility, and then I saw someone jumping. And I said, that's what I want to do. So it just kind of kept snowballing. So I did eventing for a really long time, and then eventually decided my love was dressage. And here we are. <laughs> and about how old were you when you got just into just the dressage? Uh, I guess uh, maybe... 10, 10 to, no, no, I guess 12, about 12. Mm -hmm. It's probably 12 years old. And you, the eventing was very exciting, of course. Very. But the I, dressage is very beautiful. It is, yes. yes. It, was, it was more my style, and I got a little nervous jumping the really big jumps at some point. I, I did eventing in England, <laughs> and I have to say that some of those cross-country jumps were yes, quite scary, quite large. I remember one in a, a course in England that I did. It was called the Shark's Teeth. Oh, Yes, and that's what it looked like. It was a reminiscent of a Jaws movie. 
And a quite scary jump, I have to say. When I was looking at it, I thought, gosh, if I fell into that, oh, we'd both fine. be, you know, done. So, yes, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> um, so as you progressed on in dressage, um, you, you've obviously come to a level that's off the charts. Um, very exciting, obviously, for Thank you. you. Um, talk a little bit about, tell us first of all about your horses. I know you have a couple in the barn right now. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Cavalia. Right. Did I pronounce that properly? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> so, so nice when you it's, say it. No, it's a beautiful <laughs> name. Wow. It's a, Cavalia. It's such a romantic name. And then J'adore. Right. It's also right. a lovely, like, what do you have? Lovely named horses. Uh, Cavalia is 14. I got her a little over a year ago. Um, it was kind of love at first sight. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, I. Chestnut mare, by I, the way. Yes. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew the moment I sat on her that I was probably going to take her home. Um, she hasn't been easy, and we've definitely had some bumps in the road, but we're it's all about the, the process, and we're getting there. Um, we've done pretty well this past year. I'd say. <laughs> it was both of our first seasons ever doing Grand Prix. Uh, Cavalia did not even really have much show experience either, so it's been uh, an experience, <laughs> to say the least. Who is that? Oh, that's... That's legs. That's legs. Very appropriate. That is our first foal on the on this farm. He's about three weeks so, old in that picture. Yeah, about three oh, weeks. so this is a, your first foal at Crown View, yes. which you just moved to, which I'm going to yes. ask you about next. Yes. But um, And there's Jador. Jador um, is a ham. He, he makes funny faces and all he likes his tongue to be scratched and he's he's fun. He's I love farmer. horses like that. Yeah. I, I very sadly recently lost my horse and he was um, 35 oh. and it broke my heart. He'd been with me since I was a kid, wow. uh, 29 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and my, my entire adult life, I don't like I don't even know what to do yet. And yeah. you when you were just talking about like the things that they oh, do, yeah. he was... <laughs> Very terrible for horsemanship, guys. Going to say you did what? So we had a deal where every time we rode, he always had. When I first got him, he had terrible itchy skin. Yeah, like he'd have an itchy face, and everything. I finally got it managed after it took me a while, but I got it managed. And he, oh, when he got sweaty, he his face always got itchy. So when I got off, dismounted when I got off him, and I was go, the deal was I had to go around the front, and he had to scratch his face on my back. Oh, and that was just a deal, and we well, both liked it's it. A, it's we, about the partnership. Yes, exactly. There you go. I, see, I like his horsemanship already. Because the sun trainers would go, you did what? I, yeah, and he got a carrot too, you know, but he, right. he'd rub on my back, and I my back liked it, and his face liked it. And it was just, and yeah. if I forgot, I would get reminded, like, hey. <laughs> we, oh, got the, we got this deal. Yes, round the front. <laughs> you carried me seven miles down the beach. I'm going to go round the front. And let's just yeah. get this done. Um, but, yeah, that was it. So you made me think of it because he was like that, right. one of those hams, you know. That, yep. And I love horses like that. Me too. That would get in your pocket if they could or sit mm-hmm. on your lap, you know. So um, so he's cool. Very, very yeah. cool horse. Um, so um, tell us a little bit about Crownview. You moved to from Wellington to Ocala. We did. I, I wish I'd met you first. I'm a realtor. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Could have helped you, but I'm sure you had a very good one. We, uh, we did. We came up from Wellington. Kind of the thought was to start having our own foals. So we're slowly getting into the breeding side of everything, as you could see from the, our first foal on the Legs. farm. Mm-hmm. Legs. 
Um, so that we really just needed more more space, more pasture, more grass for the yes. horses. I mean, down in Wellington, it's hard to come They're by. They're a bit landlocked, yes. yes. It's hard to get a large farm there. Here we've got acres and acres and acres exactly. of green, right? Yeah, oh, it's right. so nice. Right. So uh, that was the thought of moving up here to kind of expand the business, have some more land and foals. And foals. So the first one on the ground. Mm -hmm. So the, the goal is to start breeding um, here. Yes. Raising your own. Yes. Um, do you, and it's probably a silly question considering your fiancé is in horsemanship, but you like starting them yourself. I do. I, the majority of my experience when I was younger was actually buying young horses and backing them myself and training them when they were second, third level. So I, I love being able to kind of have a clean slate and mold it how it kind of fits you. And I, I love doing that. Um, it's, it's, one, it's fun having a horse that you can sit on that's already Grand Prix too. I'm not going to say it's I was going to say, there's going to be a big difference for you between making them yourself and them coming mm -hmm. made. And, and actually, we'll talk about this with Doug a little bit in the next segment about horsemanship, um, But because that's interesting. Sometimes you can get a horse that's made, but maybe not made correctly. Exactly. <laughs> and yes. so sometimes fixing those things can be more difficult. Yes. We are going to go to break. We're going to come back and chat a bit more uh, to Doug. And then we've got a few more questions for Jessica. Stay with us on Horse Talk Show. We'll be right back. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and Larson Hay, our broadcast and television sponsor, plus supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors, and the Hilton Garden Inn, downtown Louisville. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and services hassle-free and easier than ever, with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy. Find new roads. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a salt water spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Hay, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio, a couple of special guests this week. 
I've got Jessica Harrington here and also Doug Walsh, her fiance. We've been talking a little bit about Crown View and, uh, and the move to Ocala. Uh, very excited they're going to be here and, uh, and now having a breeding operation as well as a riding operation. It's very exciting. We're going to talk a little bit to Doug in a minute about some uh, horsemanship. He has some, some great videos online and uh, subscriptions as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to talk a little bit um, to Jessica about what's going on in her life. Um, you're a nurse, right? A nurse practitioner. Nurse practitioner, <clears throat> right. And um, so you dealt with a lot of the COVID situation, obviously been very challenging, right? Yes. Um, you're still in that career as well as managing the farm? Uh, right now, no. I would like to continue at least working a little bit as a nurse practitioner. Um, I, I was working in hospice and palliative care for, gosh, uh, almost almost 12 years. Wow. So I do miss it a little bit. So I am considering working an hour or two a week if I can somewhere. And managing obviously both the farm and that's a lot, especially with breeding and training. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about the Olympics <laughs> and the mandatory outing. And right. this has got to be quite a uh, quite an experience. Yeah, it was um, very, very special. I was very honored to be chosen to go. Uh, the first, you know, the first day didn't go exactly as planned. Um, learned a lot from it. You beat yourself up about that, though. I read. I, I did. I did. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I did learn how to guide Cavalia better in stressful situations. She's kind of the type of horse where she sucks back and goes in her shell and doesn't want to go forward. Where some horses, when they get nervous, they just they want to bolt or right. you know do something different. So I, I really had to take a step back and go, how can I help my horse when I'm in this situation again? So luckily, we kind of figured it out, and Friday was a much better day. I was very happy with Friday, considering Wednesday, eh, not so good. Um, but it is about... It's, it's good if you get a lesson, though, and hey, it's better get the lesson there than, yes. than when you're really exactly. under the extra pressure. Yep. So it, like I said, it's a learning process and it's learning Cavalia too. We're, our partnership is so new. So it. And Cavalia didn't have much show experience and, mm -hmm. and it was both your first years doing the Grand Prix. And so like, right. you know, it was her first time under the lights and with, right. you know, with an audience because we hadn't had an well, right. audience really with COVID. Speaking of COVID, it was the first time <clears throat> she was in front of a, a big crowd. So just the noise of the crowd and silverware on the tables, it's, it's a new experience. Yeah. Whole new thing. So well done. <laughs> right. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, talk about getting ready for this now. I mean, is it is it overwhelming? <laughs> um, yes, but it's it's my love. I mean, I, I horses are my life. So it's um, it, it's work, but it's not truly. So was this kind of like the bucket list for you? It is. My my bucket list continues to actually riding in the Olympics. So we have a couple years to keep working hard at it and learning and, each other. And you have a new horse. And I have a new horse. Oh, you have another new Hopefully horse. going to get it on Friday. Oh, really? Quarantine, yes. yes. Oh, wow. So, and, so, and what it's horse got a cool name, it? too. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Something romantic, perhaps. <laughs> Her name is Sangreal. Oh, lovely. Which Ooh. means royal blood. Can we hear you say it though, Price? Sangreal? Yes. yes. <laughs> I love that you're going to have wonderful named horses. Right. Legs um, is going to have to have like a romantic name. I know. We need changes. <laughs> Definitely. What's legs in French? Somebody look it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
So she, I'm hoping too, maybe in two years, I'll have her at a point where it might be a possibility. But we'll see. How exciting. Yeah. Yes, wonderful. And she's coming from where? From you um, Germany, Denmark, Germany. She's kind of been a couple different places and she's in quarantine right now. So. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. Well, you have to send us photos. I will. And videos. I will. Um, let's switch it up a little bit and let's talk uh, a little bit of horsemanship. How long have you been in the in the horse world? Uh, so interestingly enough, um, I I wanted to be around horses as as a kid, but I had horrible allergies to the point where my allergist was like, "Sell all your animals, like the hypoallergenic sheets. Don't go outside." <laughs> and and so I I couldn't really be around them until I was an adult. And so um, it was really interesting because the the first horse that I purchased in my twenties was a horse that was uh, challenging, and so. I wanted to find someone to help me out with that, and I found uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Sam Brown, who's up in Pennsylvania, and, and I said, here's the deal. I said, I want to learn everything that you're doing, and so I started working with him, and this was about, I guess, about 14, 14 years ago or so, and he he was, you know, he, he was one of those cowboys that was like, you know, mm -hmm. give me your horse, and 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 come back in 30 days. And I'm like, I'm not leaving. I'm going to come every night and, and I'm going to work with my horse every single day. And and then he said, wow, he said, you really have a, a, a gift for this. And so I kind of took that and um, and look at a lot of people ask me, well, who do you learn from? And there's a lot of people from, you know, Bill Dorrance and Tom Dorrance and Buck Brenneman and all these great people, Tristan Tucker in Europe and all these great people. And so I try to learn as much as I can from them. Um, but my horse is the teacher. Each horse I work with is 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 the teacher that I that I have, and then I just use those as tools. And so it's it's been a, a great experience for me because I work with a lot of you know I say misunderstood horses, right? And and I'm a little bit different in the sense of I work really a lot with the energy of horses. Um, you know that that's they they live off of energy okay. as as a prey animal. And so when when you bring up comments like you know yeah my horse scratches my back and <laughs> and it's funny because I don't my horses doesn't have a fancy name. He fits his name very. Good. His name is Dauntless, right? And he was a horse <laughs> like that, that he was a horse that that actually was a client of mine's. And um, what you know, breed is he? He's a he's a warm blood, and he was a dressage horse, and yeah, he was um, a very dangerous uh, horse, uh, rearing, running off with people on him, bucking, yeah. putting people in the hospital, and and it was he was a and he had a great owner, just and she was trying to do right by him, but he was. Um, he was a smart horse, just a very slow learner. And so he was asked to do too much too soon. He couldn't handle it. And so, um, you know, when we talk about the energy with them and what we do with them, it's it truly is a partnership. So I always say to people that it's a right, it's a privilege for us to have a partnership with our horse, not a right through dictatorship. Mm, and, I like that. And so, like, when it comes to treating and all this stuff, is like, I don't give treats to Dauntless because he's a cookie monster, but after, if he has a good ride, I'll put him in his bucket and, mm -hmm. and he's completely fine then. So I also know that, Every time I take his bridle off, that he has to scratch his face on his leg. Hey, you know what? <laughs> if that makes him happy, sure. You know, he's not. I'll do it in the middle of the field. I'll do it anywhere. He, if it makes him happy, then then he does it for thirty seconds, and we're happy with that. So it's really about finding that that partnership to be a good um, a good leader, but that's like a compassionate leader, yeah. right? Not not a forceful leader because we exactly. don't we we want to. We want our horse to follow us around. Right. I always tell people, it doesn't matter. If you want to know if you have a good partnership with your horse and if they respect you, is take the lead line off, take the halter yes. off, and see if they're going to follow you everywhere you go. Well, that's a good sign because my Mustang <laughs> won't leave me alone. Oh, that's a great sign. Then. <laughs> we got to go to break, but we're coming right back with these guys, and we got one last segment. We're going to chat. Maybe we've even got a funny story or two to share. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show.
Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay, and also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high-quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the last segment of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Hay, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's very finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio here at the CEP Studios. That is the Ocala Metro Chamber and Economic Partnership. Uh, studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital of the world. Got a couple of equestrians here. I've been talking to Jessica Howington and her fiance, uh, Doug Walsh. We've been talking a little horsemanship. Um, Jessica, switching it back over to you for a second. How has, I, I, I think I asked you guys how long you've been together, but how has the partnership between you two with the horses, with you doing the dressage and, and competing and going uh, pro and and working with Doug and him helping you with his horsemanship, how do those kind of two worlds come together and how does that help both of you? I'm sure you are probably able to help other dressage riders in her circle with some things and I'm sure you're able to kind of give sure. him some insight into the dressage world so that he can help other people, right? So I guess one good example is young horses. Yeah. Um, so important, so, so important to get groundwork done, Doug, i.e. Doug, and really get them understanding everything that needs to be done from the ground and then get on their back. So uh, I think that's a huge, that's something that we offer mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't, um, that is huge for any horse. So important for the horse's happiness and everyone's safety, including right. the horse. Um, and just the general understanding of what's going to happen next. Yeah, and then we and we you know get horses in anywhere from yearlings to two years old, so we spend that time with them, making sure they know how to balance themselves before you put you know put weight on their back, making sure that they you know they can use their brain to make good decisions. It's not about um, I'm probably one of the horsemanship people you'll hear. I, I don't believe in desensitizing horses really. I think they need to be sensitive to the right things, and they need to understand the things that that shouldn't bother them. Um, and you know, and it's 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 great because Jessica is is a great dressage writer. I'm a, a huge believer in any discipline that dressage is should be the foundation of any discipline that you do and riding through your seat and everything. So it's been great because then 
she's been giving me lessons on how to be because I, I want to actually I've signed up for my first dressage show with really? with Dauntless after two years of, of working with him. Oh, so cool. we're going to be doing that. So um, when is that? We need that's to watch be, that. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's going to be it's going to be what the end of end of August. End of August. And so is that um, going to be here or in Wellington? No, oh, be here we're coming at, to watch uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need a date. We need a date, but uh, but be there with the camera. I'll tell you a secret. And uh, but no, it's it's great because it's you know to be. I think to be the best, um, I, I, like I, you know, we, I talk about natural horsemanship and I, I use that term kind of just more because it's how horses work together in nature, how they communicate with each other in nature. Um, and, and, but when it comes to the riding aspect of it, it's, it, it really is about putting it all together and, and, you know, working with Jess has been great on the young horses because, you know, it just, it just works very well when you have a horse that understands how to move off of pressure and leg and how to move the different quadrants of their body before you ever sit on them makes life a lot easier That's and so true. and then and then it, it produces a much nicer happier horse that you know they can do all the other things stand on cross ties and not just the typical things but they know how to use their brain better um, so they're going to be better overall I think that's so important. I think you're right. That gets missed, that gets missed an awful lot. Yeah, because we we have one like in performance horses especially, and that's predominantly what I work with now is performance horses. It's like you're always looking at like the jumping or the dressage, and it's like, well, we, this is where we have to be. And it's like, well, if we have like a year and a half, two years before we can get on their back, let's work on all that stuff. So then it's it's ingrained in them, and then we have a better partnership when we do get on their back. Then yeah, that's so. very true. I've done a lot of that with my Mustang in the past twelve months or so. You know. Um, he was too young to start riding anyway, so that since I got him, which was last was twenty beginning of twenty twenty, that's what I've been doing with him is a lot of ground, you know, type, oh, yeah. type work to get ready. And and actually, we only sat on him the first time right before actually I broke my neck. I broke my neck on the horse, by the way, in a vehicle. But but actually, we sat on him for the first time <clears throat> in um, in Feb end of January, beginning of February this year. We just sat on him, you know, just so we could just feel it. And mm -hmm. he was like, okay. Yeah. Well, when they understand what's, they understand how to actually use their own body. You know, I mean, I always tell people to think about if you have a, a child, you know, that's, if you're 150 pounds and you have a 15 year old or 15 pound child on your shoulders and they lean forward or do something, right. you're going to feel that. Yes. So we often don't think that when we're on a horse's back that, you know, if we move, oh, that's yes. going to throw them off balance, especially if they're a young horse. That's another reason why it's so important to, you know, be balanced when you get on them and, and do the things that, that we try to do. So, That's very so and I've got a great teacher. So she's, <laughs> she's, she's an amazing teacher an amazing, uh, rider. And it's, it's, uh, I might be biased saying this, but it's just lovely to watch Jess ride because it's, she just communicates. I think when you're in that level as well is it does go back to the energy and communicating with your horse and her and Cavalli have a pretty young relationship and to see even how she handled herself um, in uh, in the trials down there is that she just brought everything back together and, and finished off with a pretty nice test you know and that's that's hard to do in that type of pressure to not get frustrated and that was it was it was awesome to watch so, so inspiration amazing. to a lot of a lot of people that do this so. I know I've watched <clears throat> her watched her videos and seen your photographs I'm just it's just it's beautiful to watch so yes amazing really incredible you mentioned something, um, and actually Liz Wheeler, I'm going to mention Liz Wheeler because she commented uh, last week on, on fireworks. We asked people to talk about fireworks, and I, very fortunately, before my older horse passed away, he was kind of the herd lead, mm -hmm. and he was actually a Marion County Sheriff's horse for a long time. Oh, very so, cool. 
he was actually okay with lights and sirens and helicopters and fireworks and everything. So when the first fireworks went off around my Mustang, Sonny was like, whatever, I'm eating grass. It doesn't matter. This happens every New Year's and every July 4th. It's okay. So the rest of the herd is like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. No big deal, right? So fortunately, I did have an older, more mature horse that kind of led the way as far as that. But a lot of people were commenting um, on the show last week about fireworks and experience they had and everything. And Liz Wheeler actually commented on this guy shooting off fireworks in her gate when she got home. Um, you know, and it was another person actually mentioned, I wish I could remember who it was, um, mentioned actually almost getting run over by a yearling who was spooked by mm. them, which makes sense. Um, but just a bad experience. What advice do you, can you give people on that side of the fireworks and, and how they handle it? Well, another person mentioned that they put the horses all in the arena together so they weren't in a stall and they didn't feel quite as trapped. What has been your experience in, in your horsemanship for for dealing with these things? With It's hard. It's not an easy thing for horses to get used to. Let's no, and it's not. And it's funny you mention that because I have a horse that's with us right now and great owners. And um, the horse has um, has had major issues with fireworks. Like she'd have to like, you know, this is a horse that would go after and attack you if you walked in the stall. But then if the fireworks were going off, would be like, come like get underneath me and just stay with me. And so, and so a, a lot of, a lot of issues like that, we, we talk about just helping the horse's confidence, right? Because it's not about, we don't want, it's like being in a good relationship. Like my relationship with Jess is an independently together relationship, right? So we come together to back each other, but she's, she's confident, I'm confident. And so horses can learn that as well. Now you mentioned something really good with a good leader. Um, we, so this horse I worked on with her, um, started off with flag work and then I brought out a bull whip and I got her used to those things. Um, and then when she got more used to those for 4th of July, then we put her out with a couple horses and she oh, didn't lift, confident. she didn't lift her head up off the grass when, when, you know, just last week, you know, That's whenever so that was. Sad. So it was, so just taking your time with them and getting them used to that and having yeah. confidence. Building confidence. Mm -hmm. Wow. So this show went by so fast and Gigi's like, and that means we got to go. So I want to thank you both thank you. so much. Yeah. Real quick, how do we find you to get more horsemanship? Uh, mine, my website's really easy. It's naturalhorsemanship.com. Look at that, so. <laughs> horsemanship.com, you so. can get some help. Yep. Thank you both Thank you so much. Whether you're in Ocala, Marion County, the horse capital of the world or not, happy horsing around until the same time next week.